We'd like to remind you that if you are experiencing symptoms of a heart attack, stroke, or any life-threatening medical emergency, please call 911. Please do not delay seeking treatment during the COVID-19 epidemic. Most Providence emergency rooms are open and CDC-required safety measures are being taken to protect patients and hospital staff. If you are unsure of your symptoms, please use our telehealth services and speak with a healthcare professional that can better assess your symptoms and provide direction on the best course of action. Please do not let the worry of COVID-19 cause delay in seeking out treatment if you are experiencing a heart attack or stroke. Every minute treatment is delayed can be fatal. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the future of health on Dash Radio during this coronavirus pandemic. We're lucky to have many experts around our COVID-19 topic and many guest hosts. Remember to visit coronavirus.providence.org for more information. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Lori Kelly, and I'm the Chief Philanthropy Officer at Providence. And um, I'm really excited to have you guys joining us today. We're going to have a discussion, an update, um, looking at Providence coronavirus uh, update and also we're going to be talking a little bit more about emergency care today so a new topic um, as a reminder this information is is provided during this event is for information purposes only if you have any questions around the COVID-19 pandemic please visit our website at providence.org or visit cdc.org for other official medical updates this event as we remind you each time does not create a doctor-patient relationship and any questions or medical items discussed, even though we have a doctor with us today, are not considered guidance on what you should do. For any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare professional. So joining me today, I'm really excited to talk with her, is Dr. Megan Farnsworth. And Megan is an emergency medicine physician and a medical director at Providence General Hospital in Everett, Washington. And Everett is where we had our first COVID-19 case in the United States. And so thank you, Megan, for being with us here today. Um, tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to Everett. Oh, sure. Thank you, Lori. Um, I pretty much grew up in the area. Um, I went to my undergrad and medical school at the University of Washington. Um, I had a short stint in Chicago where I finished my residency in emergency medicine. Um, and then actually landed back here with my first job at Providence and have been here ever since. This is going on my 10th year um, as an ER doctor and my fifth year as uh, the medical director of these two urgent cares. Wow. And I'm sure that's just been an incredible amount of work for the whole 10 years, but particularly over the last few months, you've seen some things that you hadn't seen before. It sounds like a really exciting career path. Can you tell us what a typical day, if there is one, looks like at the emergency room there? Um, well, you know, over the last uh, five years that I've been the medical director, I've cut back um, to about 50% in the emergency department. So the shifts that I do have there, um, especially during the last several months, have been um, variable. You know, when it first started, um, we were kind of setting up tents, um, isolation areas. Um, but, you know, our medical director really spent a lot of time making sure, this is for the, the ED, that we had um, a very well-isolated um, area for potential COVID patients, as well as for the well patients or well compared to not having COVID. Right. Um, and that has just been continued to be fine-tuned so that as the volumes picked up for COVID um, and our normal sort of emergency department visits dropped, we were able to really focus on um, keeping our staff, our providers and the patients safe while also providing the emergency care that they needed. Um, you know, I'm sure as most people feel right now, um, 
a lot of the volumes across, you know, primary care, specialty, mm -hmm. um, emergency department, urgent cares, they've all dropped um, for obvious reasons. Um, and I think that's helped us really stay up to date on safety parameters and protocols in the hospital and in the urgent care. Um, so it's been it's been good to have the less the lower volumes, but also um, you know challenging because some of our shifts have been changed or or canceled because our volumes are lower. Um, so lots of change for sure. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, um, our care is still the same and. Um, and, and really been um, sort of an amazing experience to go through with, with the hospital, with our teams, um, and um, a great place to work. And, you know, I think people have seen the images of the tents outside, and that was all done to be safe. And we're not seeing that so much now, right, because of the volumes of COVID cases have really dropped. But we have changed the way that we will bring people into the emergency department if they think that they've got a COVID case. Um, but people are getting tested primarily outside of the emergency department, correct? Um, if someone is coming into the emergency department for potential or suspected COVID, or they actually even have already been diagnosed with COVID, um, that's happening inside the hospital. We have a, a special area for COVID positive patients or patients that are under sort of investigation for COVID um, and they're roomed immediately. The tent um, that's outside of the emergency department was set up for volume, if the volumes were to exceed the capacity of the department, which we haven't used thus far. Okay. Um, in regard to test, yeah, in the testing as an outpatient, we do have our tents up um, for drive-through testing um, for more well people that aren't presenting to the ED. Right, okay. And one of the themes that we've been talking about at Providence um, in the light of, the, of COVID and kind of we weren't seeing as many patients is really that message that your health can't wait. And we really need to, we need to take care of ourselves. If we think we need to go to the emergency room or urgent care or call our primary care physician, we really should be doing that. And so can you tell us a little bit about what's the difference between um, ER, and we all remember the amazing television show <laughs> um, with George Clooney. So um, that's kind of the, the thought that we have in our mind if we're not regular um, people that go to the emergency room. But what is the difference between the ER, urgent care, and, and even your primary care physician? So when should you go to each one of those? Yeah, that's such a hard question. Um, it really depends on on the people's complaints and their their medical problems they're coming to the door with. But you know, for the most part, um, anything that starts with severe, so I'm having you know severe shortness of breath, a severe headache, severe abdominal pain, those should really go to the emergency department. Um, you know, also we talk about stroke symptoms. There's a lot of education about, you know, what to look out, what to look for if you're having weakness, numbness, problems with speech, um, chest pain. I mean, those things are kind of a no brainer. And I, I right. think that those are still showing up in the emergency department. I think what's challenging is when people have um, new symptoms that are, that are troubling, but not in that severe category. And I would, I would say that for those folks, um, reaching out to primary care, virtual visits, urgent cares is kind of a good place to start because if once that patient starts talking to a provider, the provider starts to think, gosh, this is a little bit, this is higher acuity than any of these other facilities, then they're gonna direct that patient to the, to the ER appropriately. Or they might say, you know what, let's, let's eyeball you and have you go to the walk-in clinic or the urgent care 
um, or make a visit with primary care. And we'll, we'll, we'll get your vital signs, we'll see you, and then we'll make a decision from there. So um, that's kind of how I, I um, separate out those types of people. But with the caveat, honestly, um, and I, I literally just told one, uh, a patient's mom the other day this, that if you're ever in doubt um, and you are worried about something, I don't think any of us in the ED would ever say you shouldn't be here. You know, we're all, I'm I'm happy to pat you know a five year old on the head and say, "Gosh, you're fine today. I'm so glad." But if anything changes, come back. Um, so you know, when in doubt, go to the ED. If you feel like you're okay, maybe make a phone call or come to an urgent care. Right, and and Providence has just a vast ambulance ambulatory care network of urgent care, express care, the emergency department. So there's a lot of options for people all up and down the West Coast. Do you need an appointment? Should you call ahead? Do you just drive in? Um, what, what's the best way to do that? Yes to all of those. So um, <laughs> um, for the urgent care, um, and I can speak specifically for the two in Northwest um, Washington. So here at Mill Creek and then up uh, in Monroe, um, we have a great system of you can walk in the door and we can kind of um, well now with the COVID situation, you know, they get greeted and kind of uh, teased out. Are you going to our isolated respiratory clinic or are you a well visit with a sprained ankle and you're going to go to the well clinic? Or if you are kind of running around doing other things or want to know exactly when you're going to be seen, you can make a, a reservation. It's kind of like calling and making well back when we used to go to to restaurants, um, you can make a reservation for one of our clinics that says, you know, we can send you text messages like, oh, your appointment's in 15 minutes, um, or we're running five minutes late, you know, go grab a coffee type of thing. And so we just got that um, ability to make reservations. And I feel like it's very helpful for um, managing uh, patient volumes and patient expectations about, you know, no one wants to wait in a waiting room no. now or ever. Yeah. And is that an app that you would load on your phone or how does that work? Is it on your computer? So you can definitely do it on your phone if you have the if you get the Providence app. You could do it on the computer, um, but I think either way works. You know, you have to kind of toggle through where you are geographically so that you go to the right Providence Urgent Care. But um, once you locate the two um, sites, then each one of them have a little button that says "Make Reservation," and you just click on it and then enter your information. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about the safety measures that we've put into place with with COVID? Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but what would it, what would somebody expect? And and also, how many people can come with the patient when we come to the hospital? Or the so urgent? yeah. So speaking of the, um, I'll, I'll speak first of the urgent care. So we're not allowing any visitors, um, and the hospital really has taken the same measures. Um, with that said, obviously parents with children. Um, are fine or, or vulnerable adults that have, um, you know, caregivers with them, that's a different situation, but we're asking people to not bring visitors at this time. Um, so that's one of the measures I believe the hospital and our urgent cares and our um, primary care settings and specialties are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you'll kind of notice that the first thing you see when you walk through the door is a table with PPE and someone asking you questions about, you know, do you have an appointment? Are you here for the urgent care? Um, and they will help direct you to the right place. If you have an appointment, um, they will make sure you don't have any new sort of concerning COVID-like symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. Or if you're in the walk-in clinic or the urgent care, they would say, okay, well, it looks like you're here for a cough. We're gonna send you to the restaurant clinic. We'd, you know, if you didn't come with a mask, we would provide you with a mask. Um, and we also, with that, um, if they 
you know, people are waiting in their cars for their appointments or their next, you know, when their room is ready, if there's not a room available so that they're not waiting in waiting rooms. Um, and that's really helped sort of keep people isolated until they're directly brought back to a room. Now you can't do that in the emergency department, but um, like I mentioned before, our volumes are lower. And so we don't see a big wait time and people are okay. really brought back to rooms in the ED very quickly um, and to the appropriate setting. Yeah. So that's kind of the first, the first gate is getting through our greeters. Okay. <laughs> and temperature taken and all of that, right? When you, when um, you so temp, I mean, temperatures are taken per our normal vital sign workflow. Um, so that's something that we do with all patients that are seen. Okay. Okay. Good. Our caregivers are, you know, have to attest that they're haven't had a fever, had symptoms and they have daily temperatures that are taken as well. Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I know I've, we've, I've, been in the hospital just because sometimes I work in one of the hospitals. And so when, when you go in, they take your temperature just as you walk in, no matter if you've got your badge on, you're just reporting to work. So there's a lot of safety precautions being taken. Uh, we have a question from one of the um, one of our viewers, and she's wondering, can we get COVID antibody testing at, at the clinics or at urgent care? Yeah. So the answer to that is yes, um, you can get antibody testing. You know, one of the things that I'm sure most people have heard about, heard about is that the antibody testing is, um, you know, we don't have a lot of data on it. We don't exactly know what it means. We know that it doesn't necessarily say that you're immune to getting COVID again if you're positive with antibody tests. So, you know, the, the only thing that we ask is that when we do provide um, the antibody testing that, you know, patients really understand what the results may mean um, so that we're not, we don't want to, we don't want to promote false information or false reassurance that you're out of the woods if you end up being positive. Yeah, I, and I know Everett is actually, I'm on a call later today with, with folks from Everett. They're wanting to do antibody testing for all of our caregivers that work in the facilities there. So that's something that we're actually working with philanthropy to, to provide some of the costs. Uh, oh, that would be great. Cost for that. So yeah, so there's a lot going on with Dr. Diaz and others about the antibody testing for our caregivers because we want to make sure that we know, you know, the population that's taking care of people too, what their antibody levels are. Yeah, it's super helpful information. As long as we have, you know, what we know about it out there and can talk to our patients about it, um, you know, I trust that our patients can can take that information and, and kind of do the best um, with that. Another question that we have too is, is there's been a lot in the news, especially with people um, not wanting to go away from home, about telemedicine. And um, there's a lot of new ways to receive care and there's a lot of new ways to um, talk to doctors that, that are emerging like every day. So how is that urgent care innovation coming within within the walls that you're you're uh, working out of? Yeah, so I think right now most of our patients um, are doing virtual visits with primary care and specialty um, and are also doing express care virtual for sort of some, you know, when they're not sure what, um, if they need to come in or if they can be treated over the phone. Right now, our two urgent cares do not have um, virtual setup, but um, I'm hoping that that's something in the future that we'll be able to do, especially moving into um, the flu season um, and whether we're gonna call it the flu COVID season, I'm not sure, but just to sort of manage um, all the colds and coughs that come through the doors um, during our winter months, um, I'm hoping to really have something like that set up. That's great. I had a, a couple of questions for you that we were talking about uh, prior to the interview and looking at, you know, if you've got, you think you've got a broken arm or a sprain, should you go to urgent care or the emergency room? Um, so I'll try not to be too graphic, but basically okay. if, um, if you 
hurt your, you know, your extremities, you've twisted your ankle, you may have broke your ankle. You know, if you can walk on it, you can probably come in here. If you can't walk on it, but there's nothing pointing the wrong direction or sticking out of your skin, you can probably come to the urgent care. If there's a really obvious deformity or your, yeah, your bone is sticking out, then that needs to go to the ED. Okay. All right. The next one is headaches and migraines. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, all ER doctors are trained to think of the worst case scenario with headaches. Um, but I think the majority of people that have headaches have headaches that are not life-threatening. So the, you know, you have to kind of know your own body and this is a sudden worst headache of your life. I mean, that's the ED. If you have a very known headache history and this is one of your sort of typical migraines, but it's just a little bit worse and you need some um, medication, then, you know, come on into the urgent care. If it's a mild headache, I think that we can probably triage you here first and decide whether you need further workup or not. Okay. A couple more. Fever, cough, or flu? <laughs> um, that's that's the, the, the game that we're in right now, right? I mean, trying to figure out with how bad is the fever? How bad is the cold? How bad is the breathing? Right. So I think that if you can't talk because you're so short of breath, um, with your flu, cough, fever, then that's the ED. If you can talk um, and walk and you have a fever and a cough, um, and, but you can drive yourself here, then that's the, this is the best place for you. Um, we have x-ray, we have flu testing, uh, we have COVID testing, we have all those things. Great. And then the last one is animal or insect bites. We're going into the summer season, a lot of camping and things like that. Oh yeah, no, that's like our bread and butter. <laughs> bring, bring on the insect and animal bites. <laughs> so that's, that's for the urgent care. Sure. I mean, I think yeah. if you get, you know, attacked by sort of, you know, a dog and you have really big cuts or something like that's a different situation. But if you have a tick bite or you have a tick still on you, or you've got, you know, mosquito bites and you think it's infected, like that's definitely something the urgent care can see. Okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with folks um, about urgent care or the emergency department and as they kind of go into these summer months and we're really encouraging people to get outside and do more ac physical activity because um, it's hard to you know be in your house too long and we've all been captive for quite a few months here. So anything else you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I think that the, I mean, the biggest thing, which is what why we're even doing probably these interviews and, and whatnot is um, the, the providers, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, the PAs that are here to see and treat people, we we want to see you. We want to either tell you you're fine or treat you to, to where you are fine. Um, you're not ever, I, I get a lot of patients that say, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you guys are so busy. And honestly, like, we're fine. We want you to come in. We want to see you. We, we hope we can just send you home, but please don't think that you're burdening us because you're not. We want to do this. This is why we all went into this profession. Um, and um, I just, you know, want to stress that to all types of patients, the elderly, the, you know, children, all those things, um, all those people just to come in um, if you have questions and hopefully it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited in talking to you, to you today. I was talking to my niece the other day and she told me that this is the specialty that she's going to go into. She's in her fourth year of medical school. So she oh. will be joining the ranks of, of the emergency uh, room sometime soon. So awesome. um, it seems like just a really rewarding career. And we're so grateful to have people like you and your colleagues taking care of so many people um, now thank you. in the future. So um, 
Thanks to everybody for listening in and for sending in your questions. To learn more about our initiatives, programs, services, and ways to give to Providence, please visit us at providence.org. And please make sure always to follow us on social media at Providence Health System on Facebook and Twitter, I mean, at Instagram, and under at Providence on Twitter. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you're not ending up in the emergency room or urgent care, but if you do think you need to go, please do not hesitate to get, get there. And have a wonderful weekend. Everybody take care and thanks for tuning in. Thank you.